Yeah, I wanted to welcome you to the Salon Talk, the very first episode. I know the name of the podcast in itself is going to um, kind of confuse a few people because they're going to think that this is about gossip and everything else, but we're here to break some chains. And Absolutely. so before we dive into it, look, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so before ready. we dive into it, okay. So before we dive into it, I want to introduce the people to you, um, to who Tanisha Vincent is and just kind of give them a little insight into your story. Absolutely. Well, I want to tell you thank you again for inviting me to be a part of this amazing endeavor, this great show. I am super <laughs> excited um, to be featured. And who is Tanisha Benson? Well, I can tell you that I am definitely God's favorite girl. You know, I just choose to believe that. Um, but I am a, a newlywed wife and I'm a mom and I'm a daughter and um, I'm a servant. And so for me, it's just really important to serve people, encourage others. And so I think that pretty wraps up who I am. That pretty much you said it pretty Now you're also a worship leader. You served um, in admin, church administration, and yes. you're also the founder of um, Unmuted Woman. Right. That is correct. That is correct. So tell us <laughs> how appropriate, right, for you to be the very first guest on this episode and be the founder of um, Unmuted Woman, which this episode is about reclaiming your voice, reclaiming your mm -hmm. identity after sexual abuse and, and assault. So how appropriate to have you as the first guest, being that you are the founder of Unmuted Woman, if you don't mind just kind of giving us a little insight as to what in, um, Unmuted Woman is. Okay, Unmuted Woman was birthed from a place of pain. It was birthed from a place where I was in at the time where I felt like there were things that I couldn't share. I felt like I didn't know how to communicate. Um, life had just done its dirt all over me. <laughs> and so um, I was actually just seeking God and like, what do you want me to do? I felt helpless. Um, I felt alone and I felt hopeless. And I was sitting at my kitchen table one day and I just heard the voice of the Lord so clear. And and he said, unmuted. And I was like, what does that really, really mean? Um, and so here we are. It's been over a year. So March 2019 is when the Lord um, blessed us with unmuted, now unmuted woman. And I'm super, super grateful um, that I have been able to encourage and help empower and inspire other women to have a voice. And so that's really, really important. I think we need to be able to have a voice, um, be able to speak up for ourselves, and we can do it respectfully. We can and do it gracefully, um, but it's important that our voices are being heard, especially um, in this season. That's right. That's right. And one of the things that you said, you said that you were just, it was birthed out of a place of pain and brokenness. Yes. You know, it's just so funny because it's like, how many of us have been in that very place? You know, the whole, um, for this, the podcast to be named Salon Talk, um, for those who are just tuning in unfamiliar with me, I am a hairstylist. And so I have always prided myself on creating these safe spaces mm -hmm. for women to be able to just kind of pour out their heart and just be authentically them and right. to be able to just have that space to for their voices to be heard whether it is from um you know marital pain you know church hurt whatever it is that they've encountered in their walk just save space to cry fuss scream <laughs> And it's so funny because you would think that as a hairstylist, we're right. not really going that deep. But, you know, just to be 
you know, it's more than just this skin, this skin, the surface, it, right. it goes so much deeper. So that was one of the things that I really loved about your unmuted because it was allowing people, uh, allowing women this space to reclaim their voice. We have encountered so many different things in our life. And I believe, and I don't want to go too deep, too fast mm-hmm. uh-huh. into this, but it's so funny because the enemy, I think a lot of times he will blind us into thinking that it is just only us, right? Like right. we're the only one going through something. We're the only one who's encountered something. But then in the midst of that going through, he plants that seed, um, that seed of doubt, that seed of fear, and allows it to just manifest over time where he slowly takes our voice. He slowly takes our, our identity. And so um, part of wanting to have you on was because I wanted to address the issue of sexual abuse, sexual assault, and just kind of get into what happened, um, how the enemy tried to pervert it and, and utilize it for his personal gain by stealing your voice and your identity in Christ. And also just kind of go deeper into how you even came up out of it. I myself also being a victim of sexual assault, I know firsthand what this can be like, even though our stories are completely different. Mm -hmm. I know what this can be. I know what it looks like for the enemy to try and rob us of our identity in Christ Jesus. And so let's kind of dive into into that just we don't you know whatever you're comfortable in sharing so as it relates to the sexual assault i experienced mine while i was in elementary school and so it was an experience that you're not prepared for um it was an experience that you don't anticipate but what i will Mm -hmm. tell you um, is that i was able to identify that there was something not right about the offender before the things mm-hmm. started happening. As a young child, I was able to, um, I don't want to use church terminology, but I really don't know what other words to discern, <laughs> pick up on, <laughs> right. you know, um, that something was off with this person. And I began to feel slightly uncomfortable in their presence. Um, and mm-hmm. the way I felt was an accurate discernment or an accurate assessment of what would eventually take place. And so, um, unfortunately, our I dealt with sexual assault on multiple occasions by this one particular person. And every time it happened, I felt that it numbed more and more parts of me as a person. So it became um, a numbing feeling and trying to figure out why is this happening to me? And so that that was the start. That's the part of it that... And that's the part that people don't really understand is that, you know, a lot of times they want to start labeling young women. Um, They'll start, you know, putting these word curses on them Mm -hmm. about, oh, they just fast or they just this and they just that. Not even understanding the background in it and understanding that you do become numb, not not justifying the behavior. But once Mm -hmm. the enemy has robbed you of that identity, it just kind of it's almost like a portal where it just pulls you into deeper sin. Right. It just kind of pulls away from your direction, like the path that God desired for you, that seed has been planted that kind of diverted it, right? Right. And so people will identify you as fast or whatever the case may be when in actuality, it's a brokenness, which is really sad because there's so many people or so many young women 
um, myself included, who went through that mm -hmm. just because I was shapely or just because mm -hmm. I looked older for my age or act older for my age. They wanted to put these word curses on us and, and as opposed to just nurturing us and trying Absolutely. to, you know, pull us aside and seeing like, what's going on, sis? What's, what's up? You know, that's my first thing when I meet a young lady or a client brings a daughter who I see, I can identify that in them. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, I, I, I mother up to them a little more yes, to yes. try and get into not necessarily their mind, but to get mm -hmm. into their safe space so that they would feel comfortable revealing if anything has taken place. And I think that's really, really important. And the reason I say that is you're absolutely correct. We do put labels on young girls without really knowing the story. And so we go ahead and judge mm -hmm. them in advance based on their behavior. But I totally agree. 90% of the time is because they're dealing with something and the only way that they know how to respond is in that way. When you are sexually assaulted or you are molested um, at any age, it does something to you. But when it happens, it when you are a child, someone has taken it upon themselves to give themselves legal access to something they didn't have access to. They have That's right. pushed themselves into a place that they were never given access or given permission to invade. And so when young people go through these things, we just have to be careful. You know, and when you have children, you know, later on in life or a niece or a cousin or a goddaughter, and, and you see these types of behaviors when you are a victim or have been a victim, you are more quickly able to identify or pick up on that this could be much Absolutely. bigger than what the common eye would see. And it's so important that, as you said, that we provide a safe space or a place where we can help women feel comfortable or young girls feel comfortable. Not that we want to judge them, but we really have a desire to help them and make sure that they're not dealing with something that could be detrimental to their present and their future. And when these things are not dealt with or not talked about, you know, it leads to, um, you know, women having sex with multiple men. It leads to early pregnancies. It leads to a whole lot of things because they don't have, they don't see themselves as valuable anymore. And they're That's looking right. for it to be validated by men or, or by someone um, in their in close proximity. So it's, it's just so important that we as people, we as women, we as men make ourselves available for our young people to talk to. That, that's really important. Absolutely. And not even, I know, uh, I, I totally agree with the idea of for our young people, but even women in general, how often have we seen this progress into a lifestyle of prostitution or just different things? It becomes these different avenues where Satan has literally created this stronghold and, and have, you know, have this person victim, you know, stuck or shackled to an identity that God never ordained for them. And so it's just like, even whether it's a young child or even an adult, mm -hmm. I believe that it is our responsibility. And I take that up, I guess, because I am a hairstylist. I feel like God has given me that place over women's lives to kind of be that steward or, you know, like I'm definitely called to be a steward over those yeah. who sit in my chair. And so I have to be careful that I don't take them for granted, if that makes sense. Yeah, like literally trying to make sure that, not only is their hair beautiful, but their soul is intact as well. Because again, we've encountered so many things in life that 
has planted these seeds and have, and Satan is so, I always say, Satan is so methodical. He's so strategic and he is patient. He can plant a seed when we were little bitty children and wait and watch it manifest for 30 years before he allows it to literally just rear its ugly head. And so we see people walking around literally being broken people. I say that all the time. We're literally just a world of brokenness. And so I believe that as Christians, as disciples of God, we are called to be a a steward, a shepherd of souls to help people, you know, navigate, not necessarily navigate because that's not our role, but to help them find Christ. Um, No matter what that that seed was. Mm -hmm. And so let's, this is a really good segue to go into how I would like to ask, even in the midst of what you were going through, were you able to see Christ in it then or looking back at it now, just kind of looking over your story or your situation that you've encountered or the, the episodes that you encountered, can you see the, see God in it now? You know, that's a, that's a really difficult question because, you know, I grew up in the church and so I was faithful to the church, you know, regular church, go on regular church, attender. Our family um, was constantly in church. And so when these things were transpiring, I, it was difficult. My question was always why? Why God is this happening to me? It's like, I love God. I, this was, I was just this joyful kid who loved the Lord and I couldn't understand why these things were happening to me. And I'm like, it, it was difficult to not associate, um, you know, if God so loved me because these things were happening yeah. or did I do something wrong um, to bring this upon myself? And so there was guilt there. Which but is when so I, common. It's, mm-hmm. it's common. It, it's, it's self-guilt, you know, and the reality is you're not the one doing anything wrong. It is the, the person yeah. who was mm-hmm. wronging you. But most of the time, the victims are the one who carry the guilt. And listen, we carry the guilt a lot longer than the person who wronged us. <laughs> we carry it mm-hmm. over into our, our present, our future, our adulthood, our relationships, mm-hmm. our partnerships these things just roll over into all of those areas. And so when I look back now, I can say, God, I still don't understand, but I can see now that this has put me on a path to where my testimony is able to help other women. And so for that, I'm grateful. I'm good with my journey. I'm grateful to God for what he has brought me through because if I can help another sister, another brother, another child, then I'm like, God, you you called me to this and and you gave me everything I needed to survive this. You equipped me, you strengthened me, even in the moments where I felt like I I didn't want to do this anymore. I mean, life, period, that God still sent a quiet reminder and he still sent a word or he still sent a nudge or he whispered his voice and it reminded me that I still had purpose. It takes time to get there. That's not something that people just Mm -hmm. arrive to overnight. If I'm honest, I didn't just get there overnight. It took a while for me to get to that point. And the reason why I ask that question is because it's so easy when we're going through, like you said, we ask that question of why God, why me? And it's so easy because we have been robbed of something. Um, Something has been taken from us. It's so easy for us to to believe that, like you said, that we don't, we no longer have value and to also believe that God no longer loves us because 
this terrible thing has transpired. But one of the things, the reason why I asked that question is because one of the things that I really want, um, whether it's a new believer or even an old believer or anyone watching this podcast to understand is that um, a life of Christianity um, does not um, divert us from encountering bad seasons or bad things. It um, that 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 pledge to love God and that receiving of salvation. Um, it doesn't keep us from actually going through anything. It just means that in the process of going through something, God will be there with us. It reminds me of um, uh, I, I can never remember Meshach, Rashak, and Abednego uh-huh. and the fiery furnace, yeah. and how in the heat of it. I mean, turned up <laughs> yeah. as high as it could go. We can't even imagine how hot it was, but that that God or Jesus was with them and sustained them and right. was with them in the midst of it. And so that reminds us, so for anyone going through or who have encountered it, even in the past to understand that it doesn't mean that God has forsaken you because he said, yeah. I, will know, I will never forsake, forsake right. you, nor will I ever leave you. But to also understand that what I learned from my journey was that kind of like with what you said is that um, if I could just help one sister, yeah. if I if my story could just touch one soul and turn it to Christ, it was worth it. And I know someone who has not reached their healing um, could find that very difficult right now to even hear. Um, but just wanting to encourage um, a sister or a brother, we do understand that this is not just two sisters. Our yeah. men are being affected by sexual assault and abuse as well. Right. But to also understand if they can see God in it, if they can just find a glimmer of him in any kind of way in this situation. For me, it was also the fact that I was kept. Even yeah. if nothing else, while we encountered this, in, this terrible act that was just thrown upon us, we didn't die. And right. so from that, having breath after yes. is, is, is worth living, if that makes sense. Like just it, the it fact does. that God kept us. It, it makes you know. perfect sense. And so, mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense because, you know, um, we did survive it and we, we do have breath. And you said that we were able to help one, mm-hmm. at least one sister. And the enemy's tactic is to make you feel such an overwhelming amount of guilt and shame that you now take on the responsibility of the offender. And when you do that, that is not something that you're necessarily comfortable sharing because you feel so shame. You you feel that at some point somebody's going to say, you could have avoided this or you must have done this or you must have brought this on. And that's not that's the right. case. And so, but we are so concerned and we can be so absorbed with how people are going to respond to us if we share there has not or there was not a lot of safe places for us to share so we harbored this thing in I did not go public until 25 years later after the initial offense wow. 25 wow. years that I shared my story in an unmuted woman conference and the thing is is after doing that there was such a liberation that came with it and when I opened my mouth I realized that it gave the what God had placed on the inside of me, even though I didn't understand, but by unlocking my voice, it helped unlock the voice of other women who had dealt with the same thing. So when you talk about whether they're saved or unsaved, listen, it, it's a process and all of our journeys are different. But the first thing that I will say to anybody is forgive yourself. 
because I think that That's is right. one of the biggest things that we struggle with. It was one of the biggest hurdles that I had to get over is you have to forgive yourself. You got to look in the mirror. You got to know without a shadow of a doubt that you didn't ask for this. You didn't ask for somebody to invade your space. You didn't ask for somebody to take your virginity. You didn't ask for somebody to, to place their, their man parts on you. You didn't ask for somebody to come up in your room and take take something from you. You didn't, you didn't ask for any of this. But you got to be okay and be like, no, I didn't ask for this. And yes, I'm still loved. And yes, I still have purpose. But you got to forgive yourself. I'll tell any man, any woman, the first thing you have to do is look in the mirror and forgive yourself and say, mm -hmm. I forgive me. That's such an important step to healing. That's like one of the first things is admitting that it did happen and then forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. And now let's let's and talking about forgiving yourself because I know it took me a very long time um, because again we carry the shame and the blame. Um, for me, I you know you play it back in your mind and you're like, okay, where did I go wrong to end up in this situation? And so you play it back and you're like, oh, if I would have only done this or if I would have only done that. And we live in a society who actually tell us that. Yes. You know, I actually literally this what is today, Thursday, I had a conversation this week with a, a person who had no idea that I had encountered something like that. And they literally was blaming, saying any woman that allow any woman that it happens to, they allowed it. And I'm you know, you're just kind of shocked. But then yeah. of course, you know, you, <laughs> you understand people can be really ignorant and, and right. it, it comes from a place of ignorance of not yes. knowing. And so there was no hard feelings. It was just, I was kind of shocked. And then again, you kind of think like, okay, how do I even address it? So you just kind of yeah. nod and be like, mm, <laughs> I'm kind of in a space right now where it's just like, everybody is entitled to their opinion. They're entitled right. to their reality. It is what it is. There's no need in arguing. But at the same time, it's like, we carry that we wow. carry that shame and like i said much like that conversation society will put that that blame on the victim yes and will. so in saying and yeah exactly and so in in talking about forgiveness let's talk about some of the steps i'm not sure if you went through certain steps but i know for me i'm one who has to research i'm a researcher at heart so i will google articles i will yeah. google prayers i will google <laughs> scriptures i look google I, everybody called me the google queen because yes. i will google anything <laughs> Whatever situation I'm going through, I'm like, okay, how do I forgive without a, an apology? That was a real research project for me one time where I had to research how to forgive without an apology. Right. And so uh, speaking upon um, forgiveness, what are some of the steps um, that you would suggest um, an individual as far as forgiving themselves? Um, well, the first thing in terms of forgiving Because it is much greater than than just saying it so that's oh, why I absolutely to talk about oh it. absolutely I for me I'm, I'm a journaler so I write a lot mm -hmm. of things down <laughs> and so some of the things that I had to do is because I began to have nightmares in my adulthood you know what I had did was I tried to push this thing in the back of my mind you know like try to suppress it you know trying to just say mm -hmm. I don't want to think about it it's just not a place I wanted to visit but what I realized is that I began to have these nightmares about what was happening it was like it was being played back in my mind and i'm, I'm played trying to over. Figure out yes where did this come from because i'm seeing this over and over again um and and i'll just share this it it had gotten to the point to where i would go to sleep with my legs crossed 
Like at night, I'm telling you that there was so, so many layers to trying to figure out how to get past this. And so in terms of Mm -hmm. the steps to forgiveness, I would just tell anybody is go ahead and acknowledge the depth of how traumatic it was. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and acknowledge that this thing was terrible. Go ahead and, and accept that this was a horrific thing that happened to you. Because you cannot fix something you do not confront. You, you can't right. be healed from something that you are afraid to face. And so for me, that should be the first thing that we do. And then the second thing that I think we should do in terms of learning to forgive ourselves or the steps of forgiving mm-hmm. ourselves is to reach out to the offender if we can, if they are alive, or write a letter. And all of the things that we would have wanted to say, that we would get Mm -hmm. all of that out. And so what I did at one of my conferences is I I, I told women, I said, listen, if somebody has offended you or somebody that you haven't forgiven, um, let's, let's go ahead and write it out. And after we wrote it out, we couldn't burn anything in the building, of course, but I had them throw it in the garbage right. can. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. them throw it in the garbage can because there, there are steps to this freedom. And so when they did that, then I said, now you got to tell yourself, this was not my fault. I did not deserve this. That God still loves me and that God loves me enough that I can go to him and ask him for forgiveness and also that he would forgive me of anything that I bring to him. And so I I just think for me, it was just three steps. Those are the three things that we did. Acknowledge how difficult and how traumatizing it was. Um, Figure out a way to release the other person (laughs) without Mm -hmm. them saying, I'm sorry. And then going ahead and picking up the pieces and said, God, I know you love me and I forgive myself because your love would not allow me to hold on to this shame and this guilt in order for me to really fulfill my purpose. And so those are the things that I had to do in order to start the process of healing. Yeah. And let me just go ahead and say, we are in no way the experts on this topic. We are not psychologists or therapists. We are just women who have encountered a situation and and using our story to um, bring light to it and to bring healing. So I don't want anyone to take us as Bible um as as you know these are the things that worked for us so i just wanted to put that little plug in there so that we're not held accountable um when someone don't get their healing it may go deeper than what we're saying here um uh, for me i my my offender was murdered so i never got healing um well i won't say i never got healing i never got an apology um he was murdered shortly after the offense. So, um, or at least that's what I was told. And so I spent years still looking over my shoulder, literally well into my adulthood. Um, This happened as a teenager and this followed me, I would say at least 20 years, looking over my shoulder, wondering if that phone call was legit um, and just wondering if it was the truth. And so after having it follow me for so long, now, mind you, I'm married at this point and it's still a burden. It's still a hindrance to my, to me, to my identity as Marquita Pruitt. And so, um, you know, there, there are definitely steps that you have to take specifically or that are just for you. So I said that, I said all that to say, don't, don't take us as Bible. 
we're just using our story to try and shed light to this and try to bring healing to anyone. If by chance the things that we discuss here um, only scratch the surface, I I encourage each and every one of you to seek deeper counseling, absolutely, some type of psychological um, assistance so that you can definitely reach a place of healing. This is the thing, um, not to get off topic, but Mm -hmm. this is the thing. The enemy don't want us healed. Right. Um, The enemy wants us to stay in a broken place. One of the things that I talk about when I, when I talk about healing um, in the salon or speaking engagements or whatever, healing, I always say, um, it's just like an open wound, right? If you don't heal that wound, it is susceptible to bacteria and all kinds of things getting into it. It can end up becoming gangrene and that, limb that little scratch on your finger becomes a gangrene finger where you can lose your finger or even your arm and so that's why spiritual healing is so very important because if you don't heal that wound it just opens you up to allowing so many different things to to get into that space whether you know i think as african americans we are really good at um out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And because it's something that we have moved on from in life, we will believe that we are healed. And that's not necessarily the truth. Um, It can be up under a lot of layers of things. And so, but what happens, the enemy will make deposits into that unhealed wound. Mm -hmm. And over time, um, you don't know you are gangrene until it's time to cut off. Do you hear me? Absolutely. So that's that's how it is spiritually. The enemy will deposit things into you and you won't recognize that you're so far gone until you're so far gone. If that makes sense. So healing is so very, absolutely. You know, so it, it is so very important to seek your healing. Um, and forgiveness. Um, you know, I've encountered different things very off subject to what we're discussing here today, but I've had individuals ask me, well, how did you forgive this person? Or you know, one of the things that I keep in the forefront of my mind, and this is because it actually came from Christ or from God himself, <laughs> was I was going through a situation and you know, there is nothing like a reprimand from God. I don't oh, know yeah. if y'all have encountered no, it, it's real. but when he tells you something, <laughs> You can never shake it. So I was encountering situations and, you know, the enemy wants you to harbor that unforgiveness. Um, And, you know, I always say unforgiveness, anger, all of that were right up in your bones like cancer. So you have to release those things. But um, I was going through situations and trying to harbor that unforgiveness and um but at the same time laying before god praying before god doing all these things that i know to do right (laughs) and he's like honey and i always say god talks to me like i talk to everyone else so you know and he's just like uh honey how can you receive forgiveness when you and that's scripture right that is scripture receive uh, forgiveness when you yourself have not forgiven have not forgiven your brother that's so true And so we cannot, so the enemy wants us to harbor that unforgiveness to keep us stagnant. Absolutely. And so that forgiveness is not, you know, we hear that cliche that forgiveness is more for them than us, or I don't even know how it goes, but it's a two way thing. It's, it releases them, but it also releases us. Yeah. And so I always like um, to say that it it releases it releases them, but it frees us because we're the one in bondage. We're the one in prison. 
So it'll, it'll release them. It doesn't release their offense to us. It releases them being able to take up this amount of space in our heart, our mind, and in our thoughts. It it releases them from that. And it gives us that ability to invite God into the places that they were holding, that they were holding hostage, that they were keeping a distance from our relationship with our heavenly father. And so I think it's really, really important about how important forgiveness is. And listen, my steps of forgiveness, I thought I had reached them and then I found myself revisiting. So I had to go through those steps multiple times, you know? And so for step one, it had 20 legs. Step two may have had 10 legs. It's a process. And, and, but when, you're, when your desire is to truly be healed, then you're, you're going to put in the work. You're going to find yourself submitting to God. And if you are really submitting to God, just like you said, there's nothing like a reprimand when it comes straight from your daddy. <laughs> Listen, when, when he gives you a reprimand, it, it's because he loves you. And he doesn't want you walking in this falsehood of freedom, this falsehood of um, saying that you're healed. But he wants you to embrace the totality, totality of what he healing really is. He says, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The scripture tells us that he wants us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. Our soul prospers when it's free, when it's full of love, when it's full of peace, when it's full of joy. We don't have the ability to prosper in our souls and in our health when we're harboring unforgiveness. Much like you said, when you hold unforgiveness, you are allowing yourselves to create these clusters and these things that could come up as cancer or hypertension. These things are forming in our bodies because we were not created to hold these things. The scripture says, cast your cares upon the Lord and leave them there. So when we're holding on to things, although they were done to us, we still have to give those things back to God. We were not created to carry those burdens. That's why Jesus went to the cross for us. And so it's so important that when we can Mm -hmm. finally get to a place and recognize how much the Father loves us and everything that he did by sending his son Jesus that what he did on the cross was to provide freedom, peace, love, joy, and forgiveness to us even in our lowest place. And so it's so important that we understand the power of forgiveness, not just from Christ to us, but the power of forgiveness that we have to even give to the people who have offended us the most. That's right. And one of the things that I heard as you were speaking is, um, how Satan will cause us to believe that forgiveness is justifying. Um, (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) Let's be clear. We're not justifying the offense in no matter, but in in no way. But again, it is a freedom that comes with it. It's a freedom that comes with the forgiveness. Now, again, we're not justifying it in any way. I I, I don't know why that I heard that as you were speaking. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. Let's bring light to the enemy will cause you to believe that you are justifying this by forgiving that person Mm -hmm. that does not just that doesn't justify the offense the offense is still an offense it does there's no justification for their actions um but at the end of the day you have to release them and yourself from that um let's not listen to the lies of the enemy saying that oh they don't deserve that forgiveness Mm -hmm. it's not a gift that's you get what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's not a gift. I think yeah. I think so many times we look at it like, why would I give them anything when they've taken everything from me? Right. It's not a tit for tat. Let's be let's be clear. The enemy will trick us into believing that it is a tit tit for tat, and right. it is not. 
It is not. This is this is Christianity. That's correct. This that's is, that's right. Not that's not a life of Christ. Christ. <laughs> yeah, so it we comes. Can, we it can comes do with it. Sacrifice. Oh yeah, we can do it. Right. And even be justifiably so. But if we're like, trying to follow Christ. That. But if we say that we are that's believers right. and that we, you know, we desire to, to have a life that's pleasing to the Father, then that's just not something that we can do. And as you said, we are not saying that what the person did was okay, that they, they were justified in any way. I totally agree because people need to know that this is about our freedom. This is not about dismissing right. their error, dismissing that they took advantage mm -hmm. of someone. This is not about that because guess what? They have to, they're going to be held accountable for what they did. They're going to be held accountable. Right. But I also want to make it to the gate. And I know that if I have unforgiveness in my heart, <laughs> that I, I want my name to be written in the Lamb Book of Life. That's important to me. Right. I want to spend eternal life with the Father. And so I have to rid myself of anything that does not reflect who he is. And so harboring That's unforgiveness right. is, our duty. Is, is something that, that is not Christ-like. It doesn't reflect his character at all. And so we That's have right. to be intentional about that. That's right. And, you know, it made me think of um, Christ. Um, the day before he was crucified and the day that he was crucified. Um, when, when he was called to be a sacrifice for humanity, that was not necessarily, that conversation that well, in the Garden of Gethsemane, for me, that was life-changing. For yes. me, that lets me know that the things that we go through in life, that, that thorn or that situation or life in, in general, we will encounter things and callings that God press upon us that we may not want to do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it says, but let your will be done. Mm -hmm. um, and so that night before his crucifixion, he said, Jesus, if it be your will, take remove this cup from me. Yeah. And so we can easily say that uh, while encountering not just sexual abuse or assault, but in any um, situation in our life that we don't necessarily want to go through, because again, life is a process, but we have to be so open to accepting God's will for our lives. Now, I've heard um, countless times, and you may want to speak to this, when people will say, what type of God would allow that? But also remember, um, this goes back to um, about the forgiveness. The day of his crucifixion, while on the cross, he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember that if on the cross, as he was being crucified, flesh torn from his, from his bones, yeah. if he can ask for and intercede, for those who are doing this vicious act to him, yeah. it is our reasonable service that we, like they say, as a living sacrifice, that's the least we can do yeah. is to get that forgiveness or give that forgiveness and release ourselves. Um, but I said, you may want to speak to that as well. But, you know, it was just something that just came to me. Like if he can literally walk through that, that season of his life and lay down his life, um, while he may not have actually wanted to do it, mm -hmm. then, you know, I, I recently, one of the things that I keep hearing and that this echoes in my mind is um, be a living sacrifice. That, yeah. that is your reasonable service. Right. And so when it says that a reasonable service, that is the very least that you can do is live, live as a sacrifice. And so I believe that the things that we encounter is not for us while the enemy wants us to yeah. focus solely on us. And he wants to keep us in this woe is me type of place. And yeah. granted, the offense is worth that. I don't ever want to Absolutely. minimize the offense. 
Absolutely. Don't think that that's what we're doing on this platform. The offense is enough to take you to that sunken place. Yeah, um, it is. And different things that you encounter in life is enough to take you to that sunken place. So we're not minimizing that, but understanding that our life is not our own and that the different things that we um, encounter can, it says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who and are called, called according, to according to his purpose. That's right. Um, and so that, that for me shows a contingency clause almost. I always say it's kind of like yeah. a contingency clause who are called according to their purpose. Absolutely. So that means Absolutely. that as you walk and evolve into your, your calling, then you can begin to see. That's why I kind of asked if you could see the God, you know, mm-hmm. because as we navigate into our calling, into our purpose that he's placed on our lives, we can look back at those treacherous moments and yes, be like, we can. oh, yeah, I got it. Even yeah. though it was painful painful even though it was even though it was you know something that we didn't I mean of course who wouldn't want the easy way out absolutely Um, but the life of Christianity is just not easy it's not easy but it's definitely worth it I would definitely say to to your point about the the example that Christ showed on the cross, being able to offer forgiveness and saying, you know, for they don't know not what they do. I'm going to probably say something that is very unpopular right here. And so I realize that the offender has done something horrible. However, they still have an opportunity to get their life right, to receive Christ. And so it takes a very mature individual to be able to get to that point. And I'm not saying that you're there or that you need to be there now, but in your walk and in your journey with Christ, listen, we we have a measuring stick about what sin is. And so we have to be Mm -hmm. very careful because, you know, we we try to measure this sin is greater than this sin. It's like it's sin. And if it's sin, it's displeasing in the sight of the Lord. And if he said that he would forgive us, we have to trust and know that he, he's such an amazing God that he will also forgive the person who did something so terrible. We can just look at Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, is he not an example? He was killing the Christians. And then yeah. he ended up writing most That's of the right. New Testament. And, and so a lot of the, right. the, the things that we get, a lot of the information, a lot of the, the steps and the strategies um, that we receive as Christians out of the book was written by the man who persecuted Christians. Absolutely. And so we, we have to get to a place. And listen, I wasn't in that place. And, and I'm not going to say that getting to that mm-hmm. place isn't, um, it's just an easy thing to do. The reality of it is, is I have been imperfect that I am still a flawed human being, that I am still very much in need of God's grace, his mercy, his compassion. I'm in need of that on a daily basis. And so although I am not in support of your offense, I have to trust and know that maybe you encountered something, that you were in a cycle that you don't know how to get out of. Maybe you encountered something um, uh, that, that, Attached it, that attached itself to you that thought that this was okay in the moment and I have to trust and believe that before you close your eyes that there will be an opportunity for salvation to you where you will repent unto okay. the father for your wrong and maybe get it right with your offender or not um, but if you ask God to forgive you surely he will do that and so as difficult as it is we have to understand the type of God that we serve we have to 
understand what walking this life as a Christian really consists of. It's about that sacrifice that you mentioned earlier. That's all. One thing, it just hit me <laughs> so strong. Um, and I'm going to try and articulate it as it just hit me. Um, we also have to remember that we wrestle not against, against flesh, flesh and blood, and blood. right? Mm-hmm. And again, forgive me because I'm trying to articulate it as it's being rendered to me. Um, and so because it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spirits, um, we have to understand that much of what manifests in the physical is something that has taken place in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, um, I will just say this, the offenders, there are spirits that are on them that possesses them to do what they're doing. And this is not a direction that I necessarily wanted to take this podcast, but I'm just moving with the spirit. Um, So there are spirits that possess um, that person. Again, not justifying it, but we have to understand that it is deeper than what is actually taking place in the physical. And what happens because the enemy wants to take dominion, he Mm -hmm. wants authority, he wants to get all of the glory and be higher than God. He plants these seeds in people and uses them as vessels to continue a cycle. And so many of those who have been offended or many of those who are offenders Mm -hmm. were once offended. Okay. And again, not justifying. I'm just, I just want to show you this cycle. And so what happens because this is such a perverse sin, the enemy wants it to continue almost like generational curses. And so what he wants is to be able to plant the seed in as many as possible so that it can continue. And so what happens and, and, and to just make it plain, let's look at R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly was, a, 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 you know, molested. He went through treacherous things right. and turned around and did it again. And so my biggest thing, even when all of that came out, was that just imagine how many more imps, yeah. monsters, yeah. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly's were created right. from his act. Okay. And so I said all of that to encourage anyone who has been offended, anybody who has encountered such an offense, let it stop at you. Absolutely. And this took a a drastic turn. This is definitely not the direction that I wanted to take this. Um, But let it stop with you. Um, Again, the enemy wants that cycle to continue. And And what the enemy will do is is put those familiar spirits in your vicinity and he'll try to introduce those familiar spirits to your children and your children's children and he'll be like i I can't get to her directly i can't get to him directly but i can put certain people around him because he places people around you um who who you know give the enemy access to use them as a puppet because they don't possess the spirit of the lord and so Mm -hmm. they they are they are targets he's like oh i can use them to stop what I see God about to do in this person. So let me go ahead and put this plan into motion. And so you have to be intentional about stopping the curse or, you know, stopping the cycle by being able to identify when the enemy is at work. And also understanding that um, in you not perpetuating that offense doesn't mean that you didn't perpetuate the curse. Mm, um, that's good. Just 
I'm still trying to <laughs> process as this. I'm sorry, y'all. This is just God just deals with me this keep way. Keep going, keep um, going. And so understanding that in not continuing the offense doesn't mean that you didn't perpetuate the curse. And what that means is that um, even if you didn't go out and rape or molest someone, you not forgiving, you harboring anger, you perpetuating any sin that was birthed from that seed that was planted still carries the residual, um, the residue of That's that right. curse, That's of right. that offense. Does that make sense? Yes, um, again, yes it does. I'm, I hope that makes sense because I'm yes. still processing as I, as, as I get it. But um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you want to add to that. No, I, I think you're right. That's that's what happens to us. And so in the 25 years of, of my silence and even going into a relationship or a marriage, even though I was the person offended, there was this anger, this frustration, um, these moments of rage um, that I had and not knowing how to handle these nightmares was a residue. It was a lingering effect <laughs> that was just carried on over the years. And mm -hmm. though that is the plan of the enemy. If, you, if he can <laughs> stop you from really seeing who you are, if he can stop you That's right. from really understanding your position and your place and your value in the kingdom, Kingdom of God, he is on his job. He is doing exactly what he was purposed to do. And the thing, so you know, when the, the enemies, no matter upset, how he has to go about, oh, yeah, he'll he'll use any scheme, any plan, and he'll use anybody to stop you. Anybody. And so the the enemy mm -hmm. wants you not to experience what he once had a taste of. So he he mad mm -hmm. as hell because that's where he has to that's remain. Right. That's where he at. <laughs> that's where he at. And so he, he is intentional about making sure you don't get the experience that he now has to miss out on because he just got, you know, high up on himself thinking that, you know, he, he deserved to be in the place where God was or thinking that he was, you know, going to be better than God. And so God was like, no, we're not doing that here. And so when he sees somebody who God has put his hand upon, when he sees a person who is That's about right. to disrupt his activity, oh, he's coming for you. He's coming from you as Absolutely. a child because he has an idea. It's not that I believe he knows. The devil doesn't know everything, but he has an idea mm -hmm. because I believe we're all marked. There, there's something special and something unique about what God is doing in the lives of his people. And there's just a certain aroma. <laughs> there's a certain thing that we have. And when the there enemy picks, picks up on that, he was like, oh, no, I got to stop that sister. Oh, no, I got to stop that brother. And he will do everything in his power to disrupt, to deny, to destroy, to annihilate everything he can to destroy you. And it doesn't matter how early he starts. He started with me at the age of nine. At the age of nine, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, my entry into the world, my umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And so I think it's so ironic that the ministry that God gave me was unmuted. From the moment I was making my entrance into the world, hell got, he a, to take he got a sign that I was coming into this. the earth. He got notified that Tanisha was coming. And so I didn't even make a sound when I entered into the world. And so he couldn't stop me then, but he's like, let me throw this at her. She's a kind girl. Mm -hmm. She's a sweet girl. Let me throw this at her. And I tell you today at 30, how old am I, Jesus? At 36 years old, <laughs> 
at do 36 the math, years, do the math. I do the math. You know that I'm telling my age at 36 years old. <laughs> I am grateful that what the enemy tried to disrupt and what he tried to stop and what he tried to muzzle, he didn't do anything except ignite the fire. Because now I know it took me a minute, but now I know who God has called me to be. And I didn't just get here overnight. But now I understand that Christ has love and a purpose for me like no other. And it doesn't look like anybody else's. But he's called me to do something great in the earth. But it took me time to get there. That's right. And, and that's a perfect place to put a pin in it because I know right now that there is going to be someone watching this podcast or listening to this podcast who have encountered numerous things one after another. Something has always been, it, it just seems like it's just one season after another. Let me tell you, that goes back to what you just said. The enemy don't want you to learn your identity because yeah. if he can keep you focused and distracted with one thing after another, then yes. you never have time to evolve into who God called you to be. And so let me just encourage you right there where we are, just encourage you that um, I know that we oftentimes ask God, why me? But now let's turn that and flip it and say, why not me? Yeah. Um, because I know, I now know my identity. I now have reclaimed my voice that the enemy has perpetually attempted to take from me like yes. like you just said from birth my mother was on her i mean literally every picture of her pregnant with me she was laying down and the doctor told her if you can't keep food down <laughs> you and this baby is gonna die wow. but they said you know old old folks they said yeah. you know babies with a bunch of hair you can't you got indigestion. Yes. So she literally <laughs> couldn't keep any food down. So she lost so much weight that we both were so malnutrition that we were on the brink of death. Yeah. And so let me just say that even from that on through, I'm, I'll be 36, uh, 37 on Friday. I have encountered one hit after another, but still I <laughs> smile because yes. I know who God is. Absolutely. This pandemic has been ground i mean i would just say it's been monumental okay yeah let's just be real nice about it i'll just yeah. say monumental but i believe that i have smiled more during this process or during this pandemic during this shutdown mind you i'm a hairstylist y'all so shop was closed right. you know different business has changed but i have gained so much more of my identity and that's what the enemy he don't want you to get he yeah. he he will fight you tooth and nail, especially if he knows how effective you can be in the kingdom. And yeah. so, again, in this very spot where we are, I wanted to encourage my brother or my sister who is tuning in from, um, via watching or listening. Just know that when you encounter things, it's not because God has forsaken you, but it's because the enemy knows your name. And that's yes. what, just like God knows our name, just like it is a, it's, it's a absolute um, blessing. It is, it, it is this overwhelming feeling to know that God knows my name. The enemy knows it too. Yes. And it, it goes back to what you said about that aroma. It mm -hmm. made me think about what we were talking about familiar spirits. And we have to yeah. remember that G, uh, that Satan had access to heaven. So he had access to every angel, every, you know, he walked amongst these things. And so when, when God endows us with the, with the Holy spirit, mm -hmm. he also recognizes that from that familiar, that aroma, I always say mm -hmm. it's a fragrance. Yes. And so yeah. he can sense that 
fragrance because it's right. familiar to him because mm -hmm. he once had access to it. That's the, right. Do you make sense? I hope that makes sense. It does. And so he knows God's children. While he may not know every detail, like you mentioned earlier, he knows that you are a force to be reckoned with. Yes. And, and so he wants to ensure or disable you right. from being that force. Oh, yeah. So instead of looking at it from a why me, let's flip it and say, why not me? And begin to seek God's face and his direction and instructions for our lives so that we can take what we get out of that hit, out of that treacherous moment or treacherous moments right, <laughs> and begin right. utilizing it for kingdom building. Let's yeah. start using, utilizing it to edify God in some way or form or fashion. You know, I was having a conversation with my husband and that's what I was telling him just the other day. At this point, every part of me is like asking God, how do I use this? What lesson do you want me to gain out of this? No matter what the situation is, I've spent many nights throughout this pandemic in my closet crying out to God. And, but it is like a cry of what is the lesson? Because again, right. we don't want to have to come back to this moment. I was reading in a book that said, instead of having 20 years of experience, some people have 20 years of a one year experience. And that for me was so profound because if we don't gain that lesson, if we don't move to the level that God has called us to, um, if we remain stagnant and distracted by the, the seeds that the enemy plant, then we will repeat cycles after cycle after right. cycle. And instead of evolving, we're just repeating yeah. and we're never moving past it. And so um, it reminds me of the children of Israel when they're trying to, <laughs> that, that was what, a 11 day or a 13 day journey that took mm -hmm. 40 years. That's right. For me, learning that uh, parable in the Bible, I was like, listen, uh, God, and so I do have those conversations. God, I don't want it to be 40 years. Right. I don't I want it to be. take me that long to figure out this lesson that you're trying to teach me. Please, Lord, That's reveal right. yourself to me. <laughs> Give me some Make instructions. It, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, what T.I. say expeditiously. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, really I, I think that it, it's just so important, you know, Marquita, for us to really just embrace the love of God at this point and to not mm -hmm. repeat the cycle and to not That's be right. in a wilderness for 40 years or to not harbor this thing any longer. You know, mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters, you deserve you deserve, you deserve to walk in freedom. Like it's, it's something right. that, that God wants to give you. It's something that he wants to give you mm -hmm. freely. And so all you have to do is be in a position to be submissive and yielded and willing to accept what he has for you. And it's easier when you have the Holy Spirit. It, it just is because it is there to lead you and to guide you into all truth. It is like your tour guide. It is like your roadmap. It is your alert system. It is your notification system. It is to be like, oh, we need to do a check in this area. Oh, we need to do a heart check over here. It's the thing that keeps that relationship, that keeps that commune between you and the Father. It's something so precious. And when you have the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying that everything comes easy, 
but when you have it, you have that comfort, mm -hmm. you have that counsel, you have that that wisdom that you need. It, it comes with the package. It's a package deal. It doesn't come halfway or it doesn't come with some of the benefits. Come on, it comes with all of the benefits. And so possessing the Holy right. Spirit helps you in this process of healing and we just have to be willing to submit, be willing to acknowledge, be willing to yield and give those things over to God. It's so important that we do that. And the key word that you said was submit. Yeah. Um, I think submit, submission is taboo. I don't know if, if <laughs> yeah. in any other culture, but I definitely yeah. believe that in the African-American culture, the yes. word submit, submission is taboo. You say yes, a woman wants to submit to her husband and I mean, all claws come out. And oh yeah, the, ready the to finger fight. snap and all of that. We like, yeah, you know, you know no. neck twisting. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. like, who, what, you know. But with the understanding that the one that you are submitting to wants the absolute best for you, yeah. Um, it makes it so much easier. And so right there, I want to, to, to encourage you. If, and again, remember, we are not um, minimizing anything that you have encountered, nor are we um, minimizing the struggle that you may be in in this very moment in dealing and coming to terms with your, um, your offense and your abuse or your, your molestation or your rape or whatever that, that assault, that, whatever that may have been for you. But what we want to really do is encourage you to begin to pursue your relationship with God with an intensity that makes you drown out all of societal standards, all of society, uh, societal views, and literally see God in a way that he can pour out to you what it is necessary for you to get your healing. Absolutely. And, um, and, and so, may I insert here, Marquita, we can be so, it was an old saying that I believe the old church mothers used to say, we can be so heavenly bound where we're no earthly good. No and earthly so good. I, I think it would be fair that you and I both know that um, there's a level of practicality that sometimes we have to insert for everybody to understand where we're That's coming right. from. And you mentioned this very early on <laughs> about getting a counselor or a therapist. I, I think, especially in the African-American community, that that's not something that we we celebrate or even encourage but i want people to know that it's okay to have a counselor it's okay to have a therapist but listen they are not god their their assignment and their purpose is to help you direct you if you're seeing a christian counselor or a christian therapist to help direct you through the word of god to to see the areas that need healing and help guide you there they're, they're not there to replace him because they cannot do that but in practice, you know, That's introducing right. something practical, we want to encourage people to do that. And then if you've been offended or um, you, you've experienced sexual abuse, I, I think it's important if you're comfortable, if you're ready, there are resources and hotlines that you can call. Nobody is taking away on your spiritual journey of healing the practical things that are accessible right. to you that you can do to help you in your current situation because we are um, not just spirit beings, but we, we are human beings in the earth. And so there are human things or practical things that also have to be applied while we live here in the earth. And so just know that we're not saying that you just supposed okay. to look over that, or you can just move past it. But what we are saying is that you do have a choice. 
You do have a choice. And if you feel that this offense um, requires you taking legal action, then do that. We're not here to judge you. And you can still be on your path to healing. If this means you needing to contact the offender, we're not judging you. Do what is necessary to get your healing. But what we do not promote is tit for tat. What we do not promote is you getting back at them in a violent manner or something or payback. Look, we just got to put it out there because we don't know who's watching. We just got to make sure that we express all of these things because certain traumas, and the way the enemy works, he will cause you to have a moment, a lapse in judgment, where you will respond in a way that is not like your typical character from a place of crisis. And so we have to be very honest that these things do happen in the real world. And so we don't take those things for granted and neither do we take them lightly, but we encourage spiritual healing and we know that that is necessary, but also there's just a practical thing that is also available to you that you also have options to pursue if that's the path that you want to take. I just wanted to make sure that that was something that people also knew, that we're not saying don't call the cops. We're not saying don't report it. We're not saying mm -hmm. that these old things, what goes on, this house stays in the house, this stays in this house. We're not, we're canceling all of that. But there, there are right. other options that are available to also help in your healing process. And also understanding that we are... Um, 36 and 37 years old. Um, I will say, thankfully, I've been rooted in the church since I was about six. Um, so all of our journeys will absolutely look different. Um, I don't know how long you've known God, but and even knowing God doesn't mean that we walked perfectly. So we're definitely not here. Like you said, we are not trying to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We are just literally sitting before you being very transparent about our walk um, in, in hopes that we can shed light and allow you to understand that there is victory on the other side. The enemy wants you to believe that there is no victory and that you have to stay in this place. Um, but just know that there is victory on the other side. I, at 37, am very blessed. I let the enemy know that you have no grounds here. Absolutely. That you, you tried it. You tried <laughs> that's it. right. <laughs> you tried it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but my God is still my God. Yes. You know, I had people, and I know that you can also um, uh, relate with this as well. When my mother passed away seven years ago from cancer, I had people questioning my relationship with God. Well, how are you going to be with God after? And I'm like, that's something you would never have to question because right. I've endured while the loss of a parent, especially the one who bore you, whom which your identity, it, for me at that time, my identity, I mean, I know my identity comes from Christ, but she's the reason I'm here. She was the vessel used. And so in, in losing her, I lost a part of myself, but I definitely did not shun God for it. Right. God was still God. And so, again, I want you all to pursue God in such a way that you gain an understanding that no matter what you encounter in life, yeah. God is still God. He is. And he's still a gracious God. He's still a compassionate God. He's still a loving God. He never changes. And so, and, and I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too emotional because just in ahead, those three ahead. words and describing <laughs> who he is, yes. he's such an amazing God. Yes, he and so 
whenever we can get to a place and 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 the reason why i'm trying to encourage you all is because the enemy literally wants your victory i have been saying for all of 2020 that satan wants our lives he is coming after us with a vengeance and so if he can rob you of your victory he got you and so in just being able to come to a level again not being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good but coming to a resolve that no matter what happens to me on this side of heaven God is still God. Yes, he is. You know, and at the end of the day, I'm living to hear job well done. Right. And so while that may make my physical flesh uncomfortable, it may call me to do things that my flesh don't want to do because I am a spiritual being living in a physical body. I have to crucify the flesh and pull it into subjection and make sure that I'm walking according to the way that God has called me to walk. And so again, I encourage you all to seek God's face pursue a personal relationship what you see here today comes from a personal (laughs) relationship this don't come from religion this doesn't come this is a personal relationship yes it is god had to be our like my sis (laughs) my sis said god had to be our daddy yes do you hear me god had to be our daddy And so we allowed him to come into our intimate spaces and take up those spaces. We, we, we made sure the enemy no longer had a stronghold in our lives and, and not saying that we're perfect. Right. I will say we are still fighting through some things because it says it won't be completed (laughs) until the day of his return. So that lets us know that we're still being processed. We're still being processed. But in that process, as God takes us through season after season of lesson after lesson, he is purging us, literally purging us of things that is unlike him. And so when we remove one thing, you know, you may go through a situation and God removes the anger. Remove that anger, put a little more Jesus. Yeah. He may take you through a situation (laughs) where you learn how to forgive. You, you learn how to forgive, you release that, that unforgiveness, put a little more Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what you see here today. We have just come to a resolve that we're going to allow God into our intimate places and just to govern us in a way that, um, that keeps us. Without him, I don't know. I don't know. I know you can attest to this. I don't know where. And it's so cliche. Yeah. It's so cliche. Don't judge yeah. us, y'all. But literally, but without him, I don't know where we would be. It is. It it's really the truth. is. There's no way to get. Really. There's no way to get around it. You're you're looking at somebody who no. who tried to commit suicide. You're looking at somebody who took right. pills. You're looking at somebody That's who right. was like, "I got to get up out of here." You're looking at somebody who was literally on the verge of a mental breakdown. I mean, I'm laying prostrate right. in the middle of my floor because I'm like, "God, I know you love me, but I don't even understand what is happening in my life." And this is way after the offense. I'm still carrying things, and it's 20 years later. Like, God, where That's are right. you? I know you're here, but but where are you? So it's like, and He was there. And that's why I'm here. And that's why you're here. It's because his hand was yet upon us. And we we desired to be in his presence. We desired and we, we were intentional about pursuing him. You said that earlier. It's like we, I, I don't know where I would be without his love. I don't know where I would be that's without right. his assurance. Because you don't <laughs> always get that from people. And, and sometimes God has to isolate you in a place to be like, if you don't get a, uh, 
get it from any person, if you don't get it from, from your parents, if you don't get it from your friends, if you don't get it from your mentors, you got to trust me enough. You got to trust what I put on the inside of you. You got to trust my word enough to know that I still called you, that you're still fearfully and wonderfully made, that I still have a purpose for you, yeah. that I knew you even while you were yet in your mother's womb, that I had a plan for you. You have to know this. And what that does, it teaches you to be dependent upon God. It teaches you to totally rely on him and you can't rely on him when you have access to everyone. So sometimes there's a season of That's isolation right. that the father has to put you in so that that personal relationship, that intimate time you were speaking about, so that time can grow. So that relationship can grow into something beautiful. And I believe we've not arrived, but that's our desire. And we're still striving awesome. every day to be in that place with him. And one thing that you said is the intentionality. It's just an intention. We literally, I don't know about you, but but I'm pretty sure I do know. We rise every day with the intention of getting it right. Yeah. God says that we all fall short of the glory. And so he allowed Christ to die for that for that cause, for that yes. reason, because he knew <laughs> that we would fall short. Yeah. So we're not here to say that we're perfect. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you catch me on the wrong day. <laughs> you catch me on the wrong day we don't know which way that's gonna go right. you get what i'm saying but then there's a conviction that comes about and i yes. may have to come back to you and apologize that's why right. i said that to you yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> and so we're not here again trying to put on this front that we are perfect we're just striving yeah and so right now um i just I want to, I want to pray. Um, I am a writer. And so um, praying aloud isn't necessarily something that I am comfortable doing. But one thing that as you were speaking, I felt the nudge to say is right now in the name of Jesus, I bind every thought and bring it captive under the authority of Christ Jesus. And we send it back to the fiery pits of hell where it belongs. Every lie, every attempt, every trap, every scheme, yes, every Lord. work of the enemy, every yes, work of the Lord. enemy, we send it back to the fiery pits of hell. Yes, it has no dominion. It has no dominion over God's people. It has no, it has no power. And so we say right now that... Um, no weapon formed for uh, no weapon formed shall prosper in the mighty name of Jesus 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 I'm sorry y'all I just kind of um I'm not sure who have been hearing the voice of the enemy Again, like my sister said, she's, have a, she's attempted suicide. Um, I've shared with customers in our intimate space about my attempt um, on suicide. And as much as I love, I, I love God, my attempt was not very long ago. Um, and so I know how the enemy can whisper. And I know how those whispers can get very loud. And so, again, that is why 
pursuing God and seeking his face is so very important. And not only that, the Bible tells us to study the show thyself approve unto God. So we have to make sure that we are studying the word of God. And this took a totally different turn. We were here <laughs> talking about sexual abuse and sexual assault, but we cannot address those issues without giving you the foundation. And God is always going to be that foundation. Right. And so I don't know who has allowed the lies of the enemy to take root in their lives or to even drown out the voice of God. But I, 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 I beg of you to literally just continue, even if, and this is the thing that I really want to let you all know, your prayers don't have to be elegant. Right. Um, I think that we get caught up in hearing um, corporate prayers yeah. that we believe that we have to go to God with this formality. Right. Um, he don't, he, uh, 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 he, not he already knows. He knows. Mm-mm. I feel like sometimes when I go to him, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, you know, head, yeah. eyes closed, head back. Yeah. He'd be looking like, sis, girl, what you need? <laughs> right, you just come on out with it. Yeah, get with it. And so I don't want you to ever think that not being eloquently spoken keeps you from speaking to God. That's right. Um, it's not that deep. I believe the enemy has caused us to believe it's that deep. But oh, it yeah. ain't that deep. That's right. Um, talk to him like you talk to someone you're in a relationship with. That's right. And so even if you don't have a word, this is the thing. The, the Bible tells us that even when we don't know the words to say, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with utterances. That's and right. so even if you just go before him and moan, I have days when I have no words, but I will rock, cry, and moan. Yes, the Father and will interpret. I get tears. what I need. That's right. Our Listen. tears are interpreted. Like you said, you don't know what, you may not know what to say. You don't have the words to say. The vocabulary just doesn't mm -hmm. come. But the Father knows our heart. And that's the beauty of it. It's like, mm -hmm. and, and having the Holy Spirit, like, that's our, that's our advocate. And so we just have to trust mm -hmm. that the Lord knows us so well that he can interpret the things that man cannot interpret. He can understand the tears that we shed and he knows the amount and the level and the significant amount of pain that we're in just based on our expression. It's such a beautiful thing. And it's like, I, I don't yes, understand why people won't serve him. You know, that still blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, again, the enemy just wants to keep so many of us blinded. You know, I yeah. read this book on spiritual warfare. This was years ago, um, and, and um, it was called Spiritual Warfare, and I'll never forget because it was so it impressed upon my heart so much wisdom. But it was called Spiritual Warfare by Jerry Rankin. It has a red cover. and But he was talking about how he would go into, um, like, Indonesia and these different places where... Christianity was forbidden. It was against the law. And so you could be killed if you practice Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so they planted underground churches and uh, brought people to Christianity. And so um, in part, one of the stories that he was telling, he said that in it's almost like that call to salvation, they give you like something to, to quote or whatever. So they would open the Bible, he would read a part of the Bible and he would hand it to the person who's accepting salvation and have them read from it. But this particular gentleman, when he handed the book, he was silent. And so he takes it back, he reads it and he gives it back and the man's looking at the page, but it's he's still silent. He's like, mm -hmm. why aren't you reading? And the man said, the pages are blank. Mm -hmm. 
And so I said all that to say, <laughs> that's how, that's how blinded the enemy has us or mm -hmm. wants to have us. Right. And so he wants us so blinded that we can't even see the truth. And yes. so it takes us to literally be intentional yeah. and, and claw after that thing yeah. as if our life depends upon it because You're it right. really does. You're right, sis. It really does. Yeah. And so while we are here or we're here to um, talk about sexual assault and sexual abuse and victory, I also want to encourage you that everything that just went forth is because of the victory that came after our sexual abuse and sexual assault. And yeah, so with right. that, I want to I, I wanna let you know that you can get your voice back. You can get your victory back. You do not have to be. But let me tell you, it is a choice. You can tell the enemy that you are no longer a victim, but that you are victorious in Christ Jesus right. and declare it. Even if you have nothing else, affirm it daily, That's affirm right. it daily. If you have no other words, call the name Jesus because it says he flees at the very mention. So if you have no other words, call on Jesus, just say his name. And That's so right. over, with time, yes, things will come to you. It's almost like being buried in, a sand pit. The more you may be further down, but the more you claw to the top, the closer you get to your victory. Yeah. Does that make sense? I hope that, that that made that connection. So yeah. no matter how far it looks, no matter how hard it may appear, keep clawing at it. Keep working for it because victory is yours. That's victory right. is yours. No That's matter what right. the enemy has told you victory is yours That's and right. he didn't win he did That's not right. win and he won't and he won't win that's <laughs> right <laughs> he won't win he will not no yeah but remember it's a choice it um so we kind of touched on so many different things one thing in particular that i wanted to ask um bringing it back to sexual assault and sexual yeah. abuse what advice um, would you give? Um, I know we kind of talked on as far as like the, um, I think we may have given that encouraging word, but if we may have skated past anything, what encouraging word would you give to anyone who have experienced it in the past, someone who may be experiencing it now, or anybody who have found their way um, almost like departed from God because of a, a past offense? Okay. Well, first, um, I want to tell anyone who's watching or listening that you are not alone. Um, I have been a victim of sexual assault. Um, Marquita has been a victim of sexual assault. And we together are here to let you know that you are not alone. And the great thing about not being alone is that we both can share that we weren't alone because God was, God was with us. And although we did not understand the whys, we now understand the purpose. And so I want to let you know that you have a purpose. I want to let you know that no matter how bad it was, that you are still valuable, that you are still beautiful, that there is something that God still wants to do in and through your life. The scripture tells us that we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. So we are sharing our journeys with you today in hopes that it will speak to where you are right now and let you know that there is greater at the end of what you have encountered 
And so because we are not perfect and God is yet working in and through us, but there is a freedom that God wants to give you. There is love that he wants to overwhelm you with. And so we want to encourage you to just open up your heart and receive the love that the Father has for you. Receive the peace that he wants to give you and receive the forgiveness that already belongs to you if only you would ask. It is available to you. And listen, you don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to walk in shame anymore. You don't have to walk in guilt anymore. We can't change the past, but we can be a part of the present and the future by just making the decision to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and making the decision, as my sister said, to be intentional about pursuing our healing process. And so I just want to let you know that, girl, you valuable and girl, you cute. <laughs> and and to the men hey. that there is <laughs> and to the men that there is something still great and significant and powerful and masculine about you that God wants to do. And he wants you to be that leader and women. He wants you to be um, that that woman, that influencer, that there's something great in store for you. But you have to stop believing the lies. You got to stop believing the lies. You got to stop falling for the okie doke. The enemy knows that you possess something great. And from today on, just declare, as my sister said, that you have the victory and that you are free, that you are free to walk the path that God has for you. Amen. Well, sister, <laughs> yes, this is so good. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank you all, anyone who has tuned in, anyone who has um, chosen to share this. We want to thank you. Um, thank you for your support. Thank you for watching. And we pray that you receive healing. We pray that you receive freedom, like my sister said, that you receive freedom and that you begin to walk in your, your God-ordained identity. Um, we live in a world that tries to tell us what we should look like, but the Bible tells us that we are made in his image. And yes. so it is my prayer that you begin to assume your, your identity in Christ Jesus and that you begin to walk as he has ordained you, as he has designed you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I believe that and I, and, I, and I declare in the name of Jesus that you will receive your freedom. And I cannot wait to hear some of the testimonies. If by chance you um, receive a word today and it has blessed you in any type of way, email us. I, I will put all of the information in the link. Um, touch, Reach out to us. Um, let us know how this has blessed you. Because again, I am declaring and interceding on all of your behalf that God um, will begin to do a mighty work in you and, and that you will believe his voice and that yes. you are hear his voice and that your ear will be fine-tuned to his voice and that your spirit will be fine-tuned to his and so that you will come into alignment with all that he has ordained for you um if nothing else again we thank you so much for tuning in until next time i have no idea what that's going to be but i'm super excited um and super grateful to you all so until next time god bless you all Bye. <laughs>